Welcome in to Off Cuff Sports. Uh, two week layoff here for us. Uh, we enjoyed our Thanksgiving break. Well, I did. Uh, my son's first Thanksgiving. That was y'all's. I can't complain. I'm fatter. Mm. I'm in the process of being extremely petty on our Twitter account. So, uh, yeah, outside of that, it, Thanksgiving went really well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll jump right into it. Uh, who is the team in distress? Schools that start with the letter O, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, if you want to throw Oregon. in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Cowboys. Uh, lost to well, We team. knew this was going to happen, though. They lost. They the just lost to a team that doesn't have a head coach. And they needed this win to get to 500. John Gruden is still there in our body and our hearts. So we'll take it. It's funny. He's in your body no, right now? No, he's not in my body. Okay. He's in the, 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 the what's his name bodies, the bodies of distressed fans, uh, Las Vegas fans all over the world. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be my first question for y'all. Is it time to move off of the Cowboys and the Lions being the designated teams to play on Thanksgiving every day, every year? Not the Cowboys, the Lions, yeah. The Cowboys have at least a fan base. Granted, they're a little delusional, but um, you know, a little. This <laughs> there's value in numbers, so. You can leave the Cowboys in there, yeah. but Lions definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's time to move on. I, mean, I don't, I mean, I, I don't remember how many times I've actually won on Thanksgiving in the past 20 years. Like maybe twice, maybe three times. Like they don't, they're not exactly someone that shows up on Thanksgiving. It'd be one thing if you're like the Cowboys who actually, you know, will show up, you know, half the time on Thanksgiving. But but like Lamorris is saying, they're, they they have a fan base. So, like, people are going to tune in. They're going to get ratings. They're going to sell tickets. Yeah. Everybody's going to watch them. Detroit, not so much. I don't know why Detroit gets designated to play on Thanksgiving. But what's his name? Uh the uh the Cowboys have an excuse. Detroit doesn't have one. I don't know why Detroit is still being able to play. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I definitely need to start a, a greater rotation uh with that. Um uh, on the college, a lot of stuff happened. Um Solomon, you can know we what just I point? Say? Can we just can we just point out that literally every prediction that I have had for the college playoff, I mean for the college season this year, has come true. That's all I want. I'm, I'm Lamar's from did last it. year. You did. Yes, I did. Alabama losing to uh, Texas A and M. I now I predicted Tech. I, I predicted Alabama making it to the SEC title game. That's all I've said. I said that they, we would be there to play for it all at the end. Like, so I'm right. I told you Pitt was going to win the ACC. That's still in play. I told you Michigan was going to win the Big Ten. That's still in play. And I told you Oklahoma would lose the Big 12 this year. And that's definitely happened now. So everything that I've said has come to pass. So I just want to, I want my credit. Shout out to Michigan. Michigan is my final hope. If Alabama falls through, I'm, I'm pulling for Michigan. Yeah, to let's, save let's my start life. There, I mean, 
I had to listen to the game on the radio because we were driving back from from Hilton Head. Uh, but that, from everything it seemed like, is that Michigan just outcoached Ohio State. Because, I mean, if we look at on paper, Ohio State's got a better, more talent than Michigan does. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. I, it, it just, it seemed like everything that Ohio State put out there, the Michigan D coordinator had an answer for. Uh, and just, and they could not get out of their own way with that one. Uh, I thought it was a mistake when they got the game to eight points, kicking it back to Michigan. They had, there was like five and a half minutes to go. They already given up 40 points. Um, and their offense hadn't been doing anything anyways. And they, they thought, Oh, we'll kick it away and we'll we'll get the ball back. I thought that was that was a point where I'm like, okay, I don't think they're winning this game anymore. Like, like, like obviously throughout the game, there I never felt like they were they could win it, just the way it was going. But that was a point where I'm like, okay, yeah, they just took themselves out of this game. I guess the argument there though is that their defense hasn't found a way to stop um, Michigan's running back the entire game. Right. Right. So. Would you risk, um, you know, going for an on-site kick and giving them field position at, you know, the 50 or wherever? Right. And then they just run in and seal the deal right there. Or do you want to take a chance on your defense to have a full length of field to stop them? Well, here's, but, here's my thing. You haven't stopped them all game. And there's been no signs that your, your, def- your defense could stop them. So even if you turn the ball over, and let's say you don't get, <clears throat> excuse me, let's say you don't get the onside kick, the you have a greater potential of getting the ball back with time to score if you give them the ball at the fifty-yard line instead of the twenty-five yard line. I mean, right, yeah. we're sticking. I know, I know. I yeah. I, I think it was they were in a lose lose situation right. regardless because so that means you gotta lose. go for you got you gotta you gotta take every shot you can get if you're in a lose lose yeah. situation. That, that's kind of my philosophy. Oh, yeah, there's there's no reason that a Michigan team should have put up forty two no. in Ohio State. Um I, I, there's no excuse for it. I don't know how it happened. I think like they were feeling game. themselves after the Michigan State win, and they just kind of felt like they could look past Michigan, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of my only thought with that one. I would at least compare this Michigan team to, like, I wouldn't even say old school classic Georgia teams because like they're not that dominant. It's just you know they're well coached. They have they're well, you know, well coached, and they stepped up when it counted. I yeah. Say. And I, I Harbaugh's got his job now. I don't think anything, even if they lose next weekend, I think he's still got his job. That is so true. That boy ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Well, we'll Enjoy shift gears from that game. Unless uh, Tommy, you have anything else to say about it? Uh, about the Michigan game? Yeah. Um, one, uh, Ohio State is but Two, I told y'all Michigan was going to win. Um, three, it's a long time coming because to quote Jim, well, no, that's my petty moment of the week. Never mind. Keep going. Yep, I'm done. Okay. So uh, we'll shift gears to your main team. Um, I imagine there's some stuff you want to get off your chest about that game last night. Hey, bro, look, <laughs> bottom line is you can you can look at it one or two ways, bro. You can be upset. You can be the typical Georgia, Georgia fan. It's like, guess what? You lost, so guess what that means? It means you're going to suck and we're going to blow you out. Here's my point, okay? I'm glad it happened because for the first time since we've been a team this year, 
Bryce Young has had to win without his number one option and without his running back to bail him out. And for anybody that's going to sit there and say that he did it against a quarterback that was hurt, he didn't get hurt until, what was it, 326 left in the third quarter. And they were still up at that point. So technically, they could have, they could if they could still run the ball, dink and dunk, they could have won. Okay. Bryce Young, 79, I mean, 97 yards under a minute and no number one receiving option takes his team all the way down to get a touchdown. Okay. Grant the kids a five star, he gets there. Okay. You get into overtime. Okay. Again, without your number one option, and John Mechie had a pretty much pedestrian game, okay, stepped up, excuse me, stepped up and still got your team the win. So I'm glad they had to deal with adversity and they overcame that adversity. That's good because they're going to have to deal with that in the future. Okay. It's a good thing. Um, The only other thing that I can see happening and it's it's going to be good for us and I talked to Lamorne about this last night is the fact that since we've had to go through that adversity and one team has not had to go through that adversity am I saying that Alabama is the favorite to win no I'm not but I would love to see how if Alabama can cause Georgia to have its first moment of adversity in the season how they're going to respond knowing that Alabama can respond from adversity that's all I gotta say Morris your thoughts okay so I've had a I guess time to process this Alabama win if you want to call it a win because they look terrible for what three and three quarters of the game. Um, But with Alabama, I understand that they had to go through adversity. But it doesn't excuse the fact that Bryce Young threw under 50% completion for all of his passes on the day. It doesn't excuse the fact that they couldn't lean on their run game against a defensive line in Auburn that hasn't necessarily been dominant or or anything of that matter when it comes to uh, top-level talent. Uh, Nothing that I saw from Alabama, at least yesterday, makes me confident that they will be something that Georgia can't handle. Um, You know, they played Florida close. They played... Texas A&M, they took an L, they played LSU close, they played Arkansas close, and they played Auburn close. If you look at strictly those Auburn, Arkansas, um, Florida games, those are still common opponents that Georgia all blew out. Um, And I get that, you know, that's Nick Saban and Alabama and everything, but Georgia has a chance to really put Alabama in the doghouse, like next weekend and I don't think Alabama is going to be able to do anything about it like that's just it's bound to happen just throwing it out there um, I've never been confident in Georgia beating Alabama but you know I think now after seeing what they did against Auburn I'm 100% confident that Georgia will find a way to really dominate that game yeah. It's just funny how he says that. And like I said, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, you know, ha, I know you. Um, the, the thing that gives me this exact same vibe is 2000 and what was it? Was it 13, 2013, 2014? Um, yes, Georgia had already lost the game. No, they weren't as dominant as they were. And Georgia pretty much has manhandled us the entire game. And yet, like I said, once again, Bama finds a way to pull it out, okay? Mainly because Georgia hadn't dealt with a lot of adversity in that, I mean, that that year. Like I said, that's just, like I said, strictly my opinion. Now, could it definitely be lopsided and y'all beat the living dog crap out of us? Yes, 115%. Like, there's no doubt about that in my mind. However, 
you and I both know, I both know that if somehow it is a dog fight in the fourth quarter, and I can care less what anybody says, if it's Stetson Bennett down by seven, and he has to make a game-winning drive with what Georgia has on the offensive side of the football against Alabama's defense, I will take that bet any day of the week as a Bama fan. We got to get there first. Once again, we got to get there. But I will take us going up against Stetson Bennett uh, and not having to had dealt with any true pressure the entire year. That's all I'm saying. Like I said, Alabama had to deal with that too. Alabama blew everybody out for the most part of the year last year. Right or wrong? Yeah. Oh, so for, question. What uh, pressure has Alabama gone up against this year that's different from what Georgia faced? No, okay, so um, and I'm and I'm really glad that you say that. Whether we would like to admit this or not, same thing that we talked about last night. The East is significant significantly weak, weaker than the West. And that's without a doubt. That's just a fact. I understand that we have common opponents in Auburn, which you guys did manhandle, okay? And we have common opponents in, uh, who's the other one? Arkansas oh, yeah. and LSU. Arkansas. Ten- not and LSU. LSU. No, 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 not LSU. Arkansas, Arkansas. Tennessee and Florida. Tennessee and Florida, okay? Mm-hmm. Like I've said from the get-go, okay? I cannot give you, like I said, we, we both faced Florida at different points of the season. Florida was our first SEC game. I equate that to y'all playing Clemson at the beginning of the year. It's the first team that we really had to play, okay? Easy does it. If you want to take Tennessee, yes, you definitely manhandled the head guy to Tennessee. That would be the only example that I would give you of Georgia com- completely demolishing somebody, a common opponent. You can't count Auburn because Auburn's a rivalry game. Anything happens in a rivalry game. Like, for God's sake, your rivalry game is Georgia Tech. And for so what that, reason, I have no idea that why. Arkansas like, game, that Arkansas game where we won 37 nothing just didn't happen? I understand that the Arkansas game happened. That Arkansas game is a main product of your what, Lamores? It's a main product of your defense. And that's all I'm saying is that Stetson Benton has never had his back against the wall because his defense has bailed him out. Like, nobody wants to hear this, but I will say it and I will say it proud if you can't convince me otherwise. He can go on to win the national title and it, he's still a decent quarterback. He's no better than A.J. McCarron and Aaron Murray. Like, that is his capability. That is his ceiling. That's all he is. Like, he makes good throws at the right time. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But if you, if he has to go win a game, he cannot do it. And that's all I'm saying is I don't know if it's going to be Bama or if it's going to be Michigan. One game this year, you're going to hit a wall where somebody can keep up with you and your defense and their offense balance each other out. And their defense is going to be decent enough to give him issues. That's what I'm saying. Like, you saw Bryce Young and them have to fight against, you know, a defense, I mean, an offensive flaw. And, yeah, they struggle with it for the most part of the game, but they prevail with it out because they've, they, they've had to go through it at this point. I'm saying you've cakewalked over so many people because your quarterback is going out and has got a chance to play loose. What is he going to do if he has to feel pressure? He may not feel it. He may not feel it. And y'all can go on and win the rest of the games by 20 plus. And he'll never know what pressure feels like. But if Stetson Bennett feels pressure and pressure packed moments, is he going to be able to respond? My, like, my answer from looking at him is no. You're going to say yes, but we you can't tell me yes definitively because... You haven't seen them in a pressure situation. That's that's my point. We have common opponents, right? And those common opponents, Alabama struggled. They struggled offensively. And that they had to fight for those wins. Stetson Bennett went out there with those common opponents and still easily dominated them. Well, why? With a, Lamar, with why? a low, what I'm saying is, is with why? a lower skill, not only that. Lower skilled offensive players are what's time, driving time. it. It's his defense. The, the so defense look, is driving The defense it. is what makes Georgia over the top. We understand that. 
That is their best unit. It's their defense. Cool. However, Georgia has been playing all year without their top receivers, right? George Pickens out. Kiaris Jackson hurt. Dominique Blaylock out. Everybody's out. We're playing with rookie tight ends. And we have Stetson Bennett, who you say is, is just below, you know, whatever threshold standard you have for quarterbacks. And we still go out there and put up in the top 10 of offensive scoring. Top 10 with this okay. trash QB. Here's my, here's, here's my, here's what I'm going, how I'm going to debunk. Here's how I'm going to debunk all of this. Here's how we're going to debunk all of this. If he's so good, like you're saying he is, why is he, if, and he's put up all these numbers, why isn't he in the Heisman conversation? He, he plays half the game. Why is he not they in the Heisman 30 conversation? 30 points in the first half. Answer the question. Out. Why is he not you in the Heisman conversation? Answer he the question. He comes out you, literally every game at Why is he five. not in the Heisman he, conversation? He has not played a full game solo. I don't know how many times I have to say it. He does not put up those stats because he's not in the game. We're That's my point. We're score up so quickly okay. that he does not even have to play. So he so he didn't play in the fourth quarter against uh against Florida. No. Okay. He didn't play in the fourth quarter against Arkansas, correct? No. Okay. What I'm saying is, is that I can't wait to see him get pushed to the fourth when he has to play the fourth quarter. And like I said, we will see it. I'm not saying that Bama's gonna be the one to push him over the top. It may not be, but somebody's gonna push Stetson Bennett to have to play in a pressure pack situation. And my, well, what I've seen in the past, when he has to play under pressure, he's good, but he's not great. That's all I'm saying. No one's taking so, away anything so from him. No one's taking anything away from him. Last, you're looking at what he did last year. Is that my assumption? Because you clearly I, haven't that's looked the only at what time, he's done That's the only year. time I've had to see him play under pressure. I'm not like so, that's so a full a full season's worth of growth later. You're you're looking at what he did. A last full year. season's worth of growth. I've never seen uh, the only time I've seen a full like someone completely change what they are in terms of like like media not mediocre but game manager quarterback has been who in the last couple of years who Ryan Mallett who's made like that transformational change from game manager to a guy that can single-handedly win you a game in, in college. He's like the only one. Like Again, I said, the fact that he was a, what, four-string walk-on QB last year, I think he's turned it around extremely well for Georgia. But you know, he has. that's coming from no, a Georgia fan who's watched every game that he's played this year. So That's you know. awesome. I, no one's saying that he's a, like, we're, hear me. I'm not saying that he is bad, but once again, you're saying that he's a fourth-string walk-on quarterback. He's never, like I said, if he doesn't have to deal with pressure and your defense holds strong, he's going to be fine. But I'm telling you, if, not when, just if, if he has to play from behind and has to deal with the stress of having to go out and win a game, he's not the guy that's going to be able to do that. I just pray we get to see that scenario. If he proves me wrong, I'll tip my hat to him, tell the guy, good job, tell you, hey, I was wrong. But I really do think that if we are sitting down here and we're being completely honest, that if you sit here and you tell me that Stetson Bennett is down by seven and has to drive the ball 97 yards in less than a minute and he has to de primarily depend on his throwing ability, you and I both know. You're not, 100, you're not saying, oh yeah, 100%, he's going to make that happen. You don't think that. No Georgia fan does. You're praying to God that your defense holds strong and that you can run the ball and run out the clock after you drop a bunch of points. And that's fair. Okay, Solomon, Solomon, here, here. I agree with you regarding the lawyer and his ability to win a game. Um, I have, I, I'm, but however, we knew, we 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 said a month ago that the thing going for Alabama was their offense, correct? Right. Three of the last four games, the fourth being New Mexico, we don't care about that game. That offense has not looked good. How can we say, all right, 
our offense is going to show up all of a sudden next Saturday and and have this be a come down to the wire type of game. I have I if if we if those games didn't happen, I would be with you. No, However, you, and you got like, and no. you, you're right. What I'm all, all I am saying is, is if we're not talking about this happening, it may not be Bama. Me personally, in my heart of hearts, I believe that is. I believe it's Michigan. That that's just me. I believe it's going to be Michigan. We're going to be having this conversation about. But um, as short as I am sitting here, we have never seen anybody win a title a college football championship without dealing with some type of adversity somewhere along the season. Alabama's oh. adversity led. I, I just so want to question. I, does, I just want to finish. Does adversity have to mean that they have to be losing the game? Yes. Like, or, no, the adversity means that they, look, I understand that you're dealing with injuries. That's, that's for everybody in college football. Everybody deals with injuries. So I, I don't want to hear about injuries. What I'm saying is nobody has won a college title in the last 20 years without having to have like that game where they have to go back and forth with everybody. It happens every single year. For Bama, it was the SEC title last year. The year before that, for LSU, it was actually the, uh, the what's his name game. It was the Bama game because Bama almost pulled that game out. Like, Somewhere down the line, you are going to deal with adversity, and it hasn't happened for Georgia yet. So unless it, like, like I said, it is the year for Georgia sports, and they don't deal with anything, like then yeah, you'll walk, you'll cupcake the way through. What I'm saying is, when you deal with that adversity, and it's not on your defense to deal with that adversity, it's your offense. I don't think that you have the pieces to pull it together. Like you're saying, you have rookie tight ends you have this that and the other in the third you have a fourth string walk on quarterback it's like you can only protect so that's all i'm saying that when the adversity comes because you know you're not crazy you watch sports it's going to happen when the adversity comes are they going to be able to withstand it well, we'll see yeah when that happens i don't think stetson bennett is going to be the reason that adversity shows up so that's why i don't think it's a huge issue whatsoever and I think that'll be just fine because the offense is not the issue um they they scored fairly well I think they're going to continue to score fairly well and fairly efficiently as well okay. and, and if we they do it, so. if they do then they that won't be adverse like I'm not saying Stetson Ben is going to be the reason they deal with adversity it won't be his fault it'll be because your overpowered defense finally has to deal with an offense that, you know, they can't just walk over. I'm not saying that that's going to be Bama, but once again, it's going to happen. I'm saying, is he going to be able to overcome the adversity that comes with trying to keep up with somebody that can score on your defense? I've got to see it for myself. And he might. But history tells me that he won't. That's just me. Uh, uh, yeah, I you I can tell that you are not sold on this actually happening next week, Solomon. No, I'm not. Like I'm 100. Like I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that it'll be Bama. I think the team that they're going to struggle struggle with is going to be Michigan. Like so Michigan, Michigan is the, the dark championship, horse. is what you're saying. Yeah, I think Michigan's the dark horse. I like I said, I don't think that they'll deal with a bunch of adversity unless unless Alabama has has been keeping something under the wraps for like the whole year and Bill O'Brien is just looking like he's a moron and not really a moron then yeah so, like, so or if 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 they don't if they've shown all their cards do you want Bill O'Brien back next year nobody wants Bill O'Brien back Bill O'Brien doesn't even want himself back his wife wants to divorce him after the job that he's done this year <laughs> oh the only thing Bill O'Brien's been able to do successfully is not jump off the bridge that we all want him to jump off of. One thing I will give you from last night, Solomon, about that game, because let's be honest, for the first 55 minutes of that game, Auburn, Auburn had it. That was Auburn's game. 
And it was. And five minutes to go, things change. Well, that's 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 the only thing. But one thing I will give you is that Bryce Young finally had his Heisman moment. Finally. That uh, we we've been waiting for oh. him to have. Pause. You can't you can't ignore three and a half quarters of football where he played so terribly that he was in a situation that he just has not scored and have a Heisman moment just to score one touchdown. That's not a Heisman moment. That's in your opinion. But that's that's what I'm saying. Thank you, JT. Thank you. Thank you, JT. Somebody's finally here that understands that. Just because I can't do it doesn't mean it's not a Heisman moment. The year that Tim Tebow won the Heisman. That team didn't even go to a BCS Bowl. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. And this was a, you have, you have to, we, we cannot argue with the fact that it was a rivalry game. Rivalry games can be, you know, regard, you have to throw records, you have to throw, you know, success failures out the window that game is played in a vacuum at the end of the day. It is one of the biggest rivalries in football. They were in Jordan Hare, which if you guys were paying attention, Nick Saban has a losing record in Jordan Hare Stadium. It's like talking to somebody that like, you know, finally understands like what the term or the, the word rivalry means. You're absolutely right. Nick Saban is six. No, no, no. He's six in like 13 in Jordan Air. I believe it is. No, I think, I think now it's four and seven. I think it was three and seven. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking I'm, I'm combining LSU. Yeah. Nick Saban together with that too. He was 0-3 so yeah, in, uh, against in Jordan Hare. He was with LSU. Um. So, so we so you have to take it into account. It is an SEC game at the end of the day, and it's a Heisman moment, not a Heisman game. We did not have a Heisman game. We we can we can admit that he hasn't had a Heisman game this whole season. He had a Heisman moment at the end of this game. And the way the race is coming, he that's what he's going to need to win this because uh, CJ Stroud took himself out of it yesterday. Let's be real. He gave it to himself the week before. He was probably the favorite, in my opinion, coming on after coming into yesterday. He completely destroyed his chances yesterday. Did not look good. Uh, if this was a regular season where we had what you would consider Heisman candidates, Bryce Young would not be in the running. You're right. This was, You're right. I'm saying if, this if you want itself. To, right. If you want to look at it as a vacuum, that one drive, uh, the last uh, touchdown, whatever, sure, you want to count that as his quote-unquote Heisman moment, because it was really just one moment. Um, cool. But he, he won the Heisman. Well, I wouldn't say what he did yesterday won him the Heisman. What CJ Stroud didn't do won him the Heisman. You're right. You're right. Because even if he had that moment and, and Ohio State wins yesterday, it's CJ Stroud's. I, I agree with you. But scenarios going on. Right. It's it's now Bryce Young's, unless he lays an egg next weekend. But then again, who's going to take his spot at that point? Um, but we'll jump to predicting the rankings for Tuesday. Um, Georgia one, yeah. Michigan two, yeah, Alabama three, Cincinnati no. will be four. I, I think Cincinnati jumps Alabama. Mm. Cincinnati's not going to jump Cincinnati at, at three. But more is like that. Okay, see, now, now you're just being, like, now you're just being petty. Cincinnati's done nothing to jump Alabama, even though Alabama has 
one loss, like our quality of wins, even though they're struggle wins, don't compare to what Cincinnati's played. Cincinnati struggled against South Florida. Give me a break. What, Give me up, a break. Let me, clear, let, let me clarify. I don't think Cincinnati is better than Alabama. However, I think for poll purposes, I think they're going to drop them only because the past two or three weeks, however long it's been, Alabama hasn't looked well. And Cincinnati okay, well then that you over. I mean, I don't think it screws this. Georgia's in no matter what, Solo. I, I hate to burst it to you. Like, if Georgia's in. Okay. Okay. Now, all I'm saying is, let us beat you, and we're four. You get beat by four, and all those teams are there. Now that you put Cincinnati at three, that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. If you put Cincinnati at three, and they Cincy win. will make which, it. Since he's going to make it. If you lose, okay, and you're a one-loss conference champion, and Oklahoma State wins, you're not making the playoff. So we're they're going to put Alabama Oklahoma at three. State. Okay, you're not. We're, you're we're not getting in over okay. a conference champion. I'm just being honest. You y'all are going to be real butthurt. You have the same okay. record as uh, as I'm. Thank you. Someone else would have to drop. Me. Someone else would have to drop out. Thank you. <laughs> but but let's like, let's play this. Let's, 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 let's play this game though. Let's play this game. Let's. For, uh, let's go with the most likely scenario. Georgia wins next weekend. Right. Michigan wins next weekend. Cincinnati wins next weekend. There's your three. Oklahoma State wins next weekend. There's your four. That's that's, a, that, that's, that's your four. And then five and six, Notre Dame and Alabama. Right. And then Notre Dame maybe gets a chance to beat Alabama because we won't care. Yeah, because SEC schools don't care when they're not Because <laughs> they don't care when they're not playing for the playoff. So, like, like you might, like, Brian Kelly might be like, yes, I finally beat them. And it's like, yeah, but it was for nothing. But if Alabama wins this game. And they're <laughs> four. And they're four. Then it becomes Alabama's catapulting to either one or two. Michigan's the other one. Cincinnati's going to stay where they are at three. And then you have a decision to make. And you can't put Georgia in and not put Notre Dame in. So, because even though, uh, just let me finish before you ask your question. Because even though Georgia's resume and Georgia is the better team, they are. You can't justify putting them in Oklahoma, Oklahoma over Oklahoma State, who has a actual conference title to their name. You can't justify it. Like you're saying that Georgia fans would rage, Oklahoma State, the whole state would rage because like they actually did what they were supposed to do, won every game on their schedule except for that one, and they got the conference championship. There's no to, way that you can justify the same team twice. You know how hard it is so, to the same team twice? Yeah, you can't in, justify here's, it. Here's, There's no way. Here's the thing, though. So right now, we have one loss teams ahead of Cincinnati, right? You're right. Okay. Georgia's still ahead of Cincinnati, right? Yes. You're right. Undefeated. So if they take one loss to a team that's going to end up making the college football playoff, when you have other one-loss teams that don't have losses to teams that are in the playoff, don't you think Georgia would still make it? And I, I don't know who would drop out of Cincy and Oklahoma State. Um, that can be up for debate. I, I could hear an argument for, for both sides. Georgia is in. There is no way Georgia is getting left out. And I would love to see it happen to where Georgia loses. Well, I don't want to see this happen. But, you know, if, <laughs> no, if yeah, Georgia no, actually see, I want the Georgia real pandemonium of Alabama losing last night and then Georgia and then losing. losing to Georgia. Right. That, that would have been, now, if that would have happened, that would have been, like, completely busting brackets. But um, <laughs> if it were to happen, I just don't see how Georgia drops all the way down to five when they've been number one for so long and they don't have a single blemish on their record until that final game where they lose to a team that's eventually going to yeah, be ranked by two or three. How the committee feels about a one-loss non-conference champion 
versus a one-loss conference champion. It's not a like they put Notre Dame in. No, yeah. the re- the reason why they put Notre Dame in is because Ohio State had two losses and they won. Like it wasn't like okay, Ohio State has one loss, Notre Dame has one loss. Who do we put in at four? Oh, let's put it like that makes sense. You couldn't but justify now, putting Ohio State in and not putting in Notre Dame in that situation. Right. But see, like now you're talking about you you can't leave out Oklahoma State. And plus your, they, your your Big Twelve champion from last year was a two loss team, I believe. Right. They, they were. Yeah. They were. Yes. So it's like you can't you that's all I'm saying is, is like it, it comes down to what do they want to see? Do they want to give Georgia the spot? Because like say if if Alabama stage two, they keep Michigan one, then yes, I can tell you that they're gonna keep Georgia in because then Alabama and Georgia wouldn't play each other twice. Because they would if they Alabama them like that right right immediately back to back like that. They don't want to exactly no because it, it's not just about but they all say it's subjectively who the best four teams are. Yeah. It's not just about that. So what you what you what you're hoping TV. for is that if Alabama play if Alabama does beat Georgia on the off chance that that happens, because we don't think it's going to happen. But if Alabama beats Georgia by let's say ten, and Michigan only beats Iowa by three, that that bodes bad for you. Because that put that has to put Alabama at one, no question. Because they beat the number one team by ten plus, and then Michigan struggled to beat Iowa, who's ranked, but they're lower ranked by three. So that's Alabama one, them two. You're you're you, you can't play Alabama twice in 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 a week, in two weeks, back to back. So they're not going to put you third. So that's either going that I believe that that stays Cincinnati, and. When it becomes down between you and Oklahoma State, that's that's the, the tiebreaker is the fact that they have a conference title and you don't. It would suck. And like legit, you and every Georgia fanboy I know would rage from here to high heaven. And it, it would just personally make me happy. Yeah, like, I, just, well, I think I it's going to happen. Huh? I, I just, regardless of what y'all say, I get what you're saying, but I just don't see how they would leave them out. I think they would bounce Cincy or Oklahoma State before they leave Georgia completely out. Well, I can tell you, they're not bumping out Oklahoma State if they win. If they yeah, win the State wins they're it, not man. doing that. Yeah. Your only hope is that, like, if if Cincinnati, like, struggles in the American Championship, which they're, they're going to floor them. They should floor them by 30. If that happens and you lose... I know that's what you want to say, but I'm telling you, me personally, if the roles were reversed and I was talking about this with Alabama, I would see the possibility. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but you got to see the possibility that it could happen. And then, you know, it would be classic, you know, Georgia's got a Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Next week will be interesting for sure. Or it could be boring. We don't know. Uh, it could be super boring. Everything you know, I want chaos. is playing. <laughs> I want chaos. <laughs> Let's go Iowa and Baylor. Shout outs to Iowa, by the way. Our man, Coach Seth Wallace, on the staff there, former Valdosta State coach, the coordinator for us for a while. Shout outs to him for. Bro, your kid is crying. You need to go be a good father. Go get My him. My wife's got him right now. <laughs> Oh, also, um, just for a record or proof that there is president, granted it's a different committee um, selecting these teams. This year, uh, Valdosta lost to West Florida in the last game of the season, right? Yeah. Um, and in Super Region 2. And they were still Valdosta was Right. Valdosta's been ranked number one the entire year. Even with that loss to West, in the Florida, only in the region, not, not 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 in the eight, not in the right, the, not in the coaches' poll. No, no, they're just right, but yeah, in the region, yeah, right, super region, for the yeah. playoff playoff purposes, um, they were still ranked number one. So they, I'm assuming, because even though it was a blowout, also, which mm-hmm. is beyond me, how they still didn't get ranked higher, but you know. There is some sort of presence somewhere that they respect 
teams that. Well, because they, it was hard to do that because West Florida lost to West Georgia. West Georgia. Mm-hmm. And Valdez State beat West Georgia. Right. And so they had to look, they had to throw those three games out, really, and just look at the body of work subtracting those three games, those three games. So um, I think that's what gave them that number one spot. Um, I don't think, I don't think for, uh, West Florida was, uh, I think they had another loss besides. Mm-mm. Besides that they one, were, that's the only loss they, that were, they had. They were one loss because uh, uh, they ended up being co-GSC champions with yes. us. And then, uh, Beat West Georgia. You know how hard it is to beat the same school twice. Twice, right? And they convincingly can. Yeah, it looked like a basketball score, but yeah, it did. And then uh, now they got to take Bowie State, who, who beat West Florida um, in the first round, and then on to leave the Final Four after that. I think that's correct. Yeah. So. Did we see another run for those Blazers? Uh, we'll move on. Uh, you want to talk about the NBA? Sure, why not? Let's talk about how, like, geez Louise, like, Russell Westbrook is, like, a pain in my backside. <laughs> Jesus, you're one of them. You clearly haven't even watched the Lakers in the past, like, two weeks. But I have. At all. Yeah, at but all. I have. You know, Russ but has I been have. carrying. Russ has been carrying the Lakers oh the past God, couple of weeks. Bro. You're yes, Lamar. Now we, he's been we carrying still, us right to the suck. We still suck, but Russ is even the only thing that's been keeping us in these games. You're yeah, you're you're right. It's it's easy for him to keep us in the games when all he does is what typical Russ does. He like is a low budget shorter version of what LeBron is and LeBron is four years older than him and yet he still can't do the stuff that LeBron does which is baffling to me LeBron went like two of 13 from three uh what a night ago or two nights yeah it was last night and then he and he went what oh and nine or oh and nine from three from the game before yeah he can't do what LeBron does but you know Russ is so bad. Let's let's put some full blame on on the full team. Okay, so first of all, first of all, so you want me to sit up here and like I said, he's my favorite player. I know I can be biased. Does he get grief for the last couple of games? Yeah, he does. At the end of the day, like we were, he's been injured. He he's coming back. He found his rhythm. He definitely was the main reason why you beat the Pacers. Shouts out to that, Karen, by the way, for fueling old LeBron. Glad to see it. It was not cap. It's definitely not cap. You don't score 30 points, get us into overtime, and then score, what was it, eight in overtime, including the dagger to put it away? Like, I haven't seen Rush do that all game. I mean, all year. What you're saying is, is that he's carrying the Lakers and he's like, you know, doing what typical Russ does. But that doesn't equate to us winning basketball games. And that's my issue with everybody like you that wants to sit there and like say that Russ is not the issue. He is. Like Russell Westbrook so, does everything. Hold on, hold on. He does everything on the floor. Everything on the floor. But I'm saying it. Kendrick Perkins is saying it. And hey, uh, Ankh is saying and I can't even believe I'm saying it. Even Skip Bayless is saying it, that it doesn't equate to us winning games. It so just I didn't say he, he helps win games. The Lakers as a whole, as a team, is terribly constructed right now, and they're not playing well. Um, specifically, I'm pointing the blame at Anthony Davis. Um, THT has had some really bad shooting nights recently. Um, DeAndre Jordan shouldn't be on the court at this age at all at this point uh, there's a lot of flaws in the Lakers team but you cannot tell me you watched that Pacers game and saw what they were at at halftime and going up through the fourth quarter and not say that Russ carried yes LeBron won in an overtime but Russ had a plus 14 plus minus that game LeBron was at a minus three there was a reason okay. for that so when thank LeBron you, was thank, in you the game for look, during- thank you for looking at the stats 
time. But what did you I say? These games. I watched the games. Tell, I'm telling you, LeBron had one great quarter in overtime where he scored those points. Yes. But Russ has been the person who has been carrying the team and getting them in a position to actually need LeBron at the end. That was not LeBron. LeBron did not have that type of game. So you're telling me all. so what so what you're telling me is is that like he can run around the court and he can be inefficient and he can pass the ball and just basically play hard, but he's not a closer. So what's more valuable? Somebody that does all that stuff, but if you actually had a floor general that's spacing it out and looking for other people to get their shots. Like, that's my issue with everybody who doesn't want to equate and take everything into consideration. It's like, yes, the guy has a plus 14. How do those numbers lie? Because in the grand scheme of that, yes, our defense is bad as a whole. But but you're acting like Russell wasn't getting dog wasn't getting dog walked in there too. That the fact that he was taking bad outside shots and not working within the framework of whatever the offense is wasn't part of the there issue is no, that we're going there. Is no you have three, you you have, you have two guys on the floor at any given time that you that do the exact same thing. Like the LeBron Russ AD tri, like triple is negative five six and it's right. a it's, minus it's not five point six. It's not. A I good don't disagree. I don't disagree that Russ is not a good fit alongside LeBron or this team is not well put together. I agree with that. But I'm saying you pointing the blame at specifically Russ is ignoring the fact that, you know, there's other people out there on the Lakers team that's not in the right position you, either. No, you're, it's you're, not, you're it's right. Not, it's not Russ's, like, not solely Russ being a bad player or not having good nights is the reason why the Lakers are doing that. No, it's it's not Russ. It's, it's the entire team. Um, and I think this is going to be the last year for Frank Vogel also. Uh, I don't think it's the last go. year for, for Frank Vogel. Yeah. What I do think is like what I've been saying from the beginning of the year is going to happen. Like, we're going to see Russ get traded at the deadline. I don't know for what, and I don't know... Uh, who's going to be crazy enough to take that contract? There's going to be somebody there. I don't think that he lasts the entire year. Like, can we at least find a way to agree on that? Because if they don't make a change by the deadline, they're not going to make the playoffs. Heck, they're not even going to make the playoffs the way that they're going right now. Like, something has to change. And I think that if we're being honest, that... Russ is not the main reason of what's going on. He's not. But getting rid of him and getting pieces for what his contract is worth is the best solution that we have at this point. Because if you lose Russ, but you gain two perimeter shooters, like, it's better for what the team is as a whole. We're, we're not getting two perimeter shooters for Russ. If that was the case, we would have gotten those two perimeter shooters to begin <laughs> with. Uh, but like I've been on the stance of saying for the past, I don't know, three, four years, trade LeBron, let's get up uh, Devin Booker and uh, what's his name? And that one center for the Suns. And, and we're all good. Even though no, that's solved. not going to happen, but okay. You know, but I, I don't see us being able to trade Russ. Not that we don't want to, but, you know, I... I don't know who's going to actually pick him up. I don't know either, but it definitely needs to happen. I cut him. I mean, you can't do that either. Oh, damn. I forgot this isn't the NFL. I mean, we can cut him and pay for him, but we don't have any backup players. (laughs) I don't think there's anybody in the free agency market that's going to be worth getting rid of Russ for. I think our our team is just too old, but that's besides the point. JT, how are you doing over there? I'm good. Okay, Okay. how how are your Knicks? Because I I see they're still losing games. They won, they beat your Hawks. My Hawks, I don't don't cheer for them. You go to the games. Barely, to root for the Lakers. You go there more than I do. Uh, Fair. But, uh, you know, they're okay. 
They're they're going to be a 500 team this year, which is what they are. Mediocre, so they can't get any better and just continue to just stay right there in the middle and nothing more than that. Uh, but we'll move on to petty moment of the week. What do we have? I think I know what uh, Solomon's is going to be. Oh, yes. Shouts out to John Harbaugh for finally somebody got a chance to call out Ryan Day. Um, like I said, I understand that John Harbaugh has a father that coached, you know, in, you know, professional sports. And he's one of the main reasons why John Harbaugh got his start when he first started coaching. But for the most part, let's be real. John Harbaugh got it out the mud, you know, as far as coaching is concerned. This man won at basically an Ivy League school in the Pac-12, okay? He parlayed that into a career, uh, I mean, into a job at the, uh, in, the, in the NFL. Did what he was supposed to do there. Got fired because, hey, he's he was embracing. Comes back to Michigan and does his thing. You know, Ryan Day was literally gift wrapped a top five school. Like, gift wrap. Like, he didn't do anything. He didn't pay his dues. All he did was just show up, and he was the best man available, and the administrators trusted him. So when John Harbaugh gets on his, in the press conference yesterday, and says that some guys are born on third, thinking that they hit a triple, and he was taking a shot, a petty shot at Ryan Day, was the best thing in the world. Because once again, Ryan Day did not build Ohio State. He hasn't even contributed to Ohio State. He's still living off of Urban Meyer recruits, if we're being honest. So, shouts out to John Harborough for being petty. Love to see it. All right. Um, I guess my petty whoa, moment. Whoa, 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 is... whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, before you announce it, that's my petty moment. Don't do it. No. It's, it's kind of tying into the, that breaking news that JT is about to, to announce. Um, yesterday, Lincoln Riley went on a pref, press conference and said that he is not taking the LSU job whatsoever. He's, he's, he's staying at Oklahoma, right? Well, uh, not even five minutes ago, Lincoln Riley just announced to his staff, staff that he's going to USC. So, uh, yeah, shouts out to Lincoln Riley for playing chess, not checkers. Whenever a coach beats the podium um, at a press conference saying that he's not leaving his school, give it a day, give me a week. He's not going to be there any longer. So Jimbo Fisher next. <laughs> uh, my petty moment is... Nick Saban um, on radio show earlier this week went off on all of the uh, spoiled Alabama fans that were were complaining about how uh, they weren't winning by enough. Um, I think these fans forgot how bad Alabama was. Uh, Nick yeah. Saban came. Like, yes. <laughs> be grateful that you're still winning games. Like. Like let's let's be real. You've had it nice for a very long time now. Uh, they just, and they're still winning. They're not. They're, this isn't a bad team. You're mad because they're just not winning by much points that you expect them to win by. Um, and on and and he went on to talk about how these are still student athletes. Um, which eh, okay, but uh, either way. Um, on paper, they are still student athletes. Um, they are not professionals. They're not grown men. Um, and he had it right. Uh, feel free to check it out. Um, it's a glorious rant. Um, made me smile. Made me like Nick Saban even more. You know, on this podcast, it may not seem like I, I, I am a fan of Nick Saban. I'm not a fan of it. I like them. I like what they do. I really do. They are they are a good program. They do things 
the right way to the point where they're not going to get in trouble for decisions that they make. Let's put it like that. Uh, Nick Saban is a great coach. You can't deny that. They're that. I have no reason to not like Alabama. People say, oh, I don't like somebody because they're winning. Okay, that's what you're supposed to do in sports. You're supposed to win. And you're mad for them doing what they're supposed to do in sports. But anyways, I got to find soapbox about that. Uh, great, great uh, comments there. Go ahead and check it out if you haven't seen it already. Um, and we'll move on to final thoughts. Uh, tying into that Nick Saban thing, that can go a lot. That can go uh, uh, hand in hand a lot and a lot in coaching in a lot of places. Um, I don't know. I'm not trying to be petty or anything. Hmm. I wonder what but you're yeah. talking about. I, I know, but like I would just like to, you know, reiterate that Nick Saban is right. It's hard when you come to a place that hasn't won, has not had a playoff win in, um, I don't know, like four years, five years before you get there. And then like all of a sudden you get there and it's like, dang, you made the playoff three years straight, you know. And like just to kind of like get disrespected and like, you know, have a winning record down three starters and not get it in a ranking over five teams that have losing records but somehow are better than you. And my only three losses are to number one in 7A, number one in 6A in Mississippi, and uh, number, what, five in 6A in Alabama. You know, I can get a little bit petty. You know what I'm saying? So like, and, you know, just saying be respectful of where this program uh, where where it was i'm not saying that towards anybody but like if you have a fake organization that covers sports down here and you made a sweet 16 saying that Fairhope wasn't in there but you put in a bunch of mobile schools that you know have only won one or two games and they played seven you know kind of seems kind of biased but i don't know that's just me anyway what were y'all saying of course go ahead I guess I should unfollow them from uh, our Twitter. Uh, yeah, we definitely. Just, they, uh, <laughs> they suck. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, LSU, the ball is in your court now. Uh, Billy Napier just got signed with Florida. We see Lincoln Riley's at USC now. Um, I guess your top choices in Mel, Tur Mel Tucker or James Franklin just got re-signed for extensions. I don't know who you're about to hire, but don't make the mistake of hiring another, um, let's see, one-year wonder as your head coach. Um, with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, you need to make the right hire and your choices are dwindling. So uh, let's let's speed this this thing up. Go get a, what's his name from? He went Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Get, no, get, call Bill O'Brien, LSU. You know you want to. Call Thanks Bill O'Brien. I hope this gets Skip Holtz, who just got fired from Louisiana State. I mean. Not Louisiana State. Yeah. Is that Louisiana State is the uh, the Bulldogs? Louisiana. Louisiana. Hey. Whatever. Hey. Yeah. Whatever. LSU is Louisiana State. Right, you're right. I don't think, mm, no. Guys, like I said, you, we need to make that happen. Bill O'Brien to LSU, he deserves it. He deserves it. Anyways. Well, he deserves laughing, it. He, it's, it's really about to be Lane Kiffin. <laughs> God, please, no. Anyways. Uh, Why do our teams keep winning for no reason? Lamoris, like, win just enough. Like, my team just won and your team just won. Wait, and, where are you talking about? NFL. Oh, okay. Falcons um, won and Giants well, won. We were playing uh, Solo's favorite, favorite QB, so. No, my favorite that. QB, my favorite QB is in... Pitt, I mean, in New England? Baltimore. No, the other one is in New England. That that one's my favorite quarterback. Well, we were playing the number one pick. That shouldn't have been the number one pick. Um, but you know, we have to show them was that. Was he the number one pick? 
We were playing Trevor. He was number one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, he sucked. Your previous quarterback, uh, Solomon, your previous one, uh, who now works for ESPN, recommended that Florida hire Tim Tebow to be their their new head, next head coach. In all honesty, why y'all playing? That would be boss. <laughs> it would it would be terrible. <laughs> it would be it would be a complete issue. But you do you know how much I would live for to watch Florida possibly beat Georgia? <laughs> and I get to look Lamores in the face and be like. <laughs> Tim Tebow's a better coach than Kirby Smart. God is not the God is not. I mean, God is good. Don't get me wrong. God is good. He will not give me that ammunition. So sadly to say, that's not going to happen. But if it did, if he ever beat Kirby Smart, I could care less what the record would be. If he beats Kirby Smart one time as the Florida head coach, I will never let you live that down, ever. He could probably get a. He could probably recruit really well down there just because it's Tim Tebow. Uh, he would just need to get a really good coaching staff and have to do anything, like an elite. All he's allowed to do is give pregame speech, halftime speech, yeah, and motivate <laughs> and down by down by seven in the fourth quarter speeches. That's, That's all. That's his only does. job. Down by twenty-one. Let's be real. Florida's not going to be good. Okay, Lamar okay. The power of God. I've seen it work. <laughs> it didn't work for his throwing motion, but it went him a playoff game. Well, if it wasn't for me texting you that uh, motivational scripture, um, Alabama would have lost last night. So I <laughs> fully believe in the power of God. <laughs> Jesus. With that, this has been Off the Cup Sports. We'll see you guys next time.